Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. We are 24 hours away from Rangers and Celtic back in European action. It's a doubleheader on Thursday night. Tomorrow night, Celtic against Real Betis is 8 o'clock. Before that, Rangers in France to play Lyon at 5.45. We will hear in the course of the show from both managers. Uh, They held media conferences today and they were looking ahead and uh, projecting to what sort of changes they will be making to their teams. Barry Ferguson, what are you reckoning for Rangers? tomorrow lots of changes yeah I think he'll make um, five or six changes Rob guys who ain't um, had a lot of game time a lot of minutes guys like Nathan Patterson Lundstrom Bakuna and you could see Ryan Jack making his his first start in a long long time so I expect Gio to make a few changes Uh, obviously they've qualified but it's also a a good time um, with the amount of games that happened this month to give them a bit of game time it's a deep squad and uh, Giovanni Van Bronckers can make plenty changes and still put out a strong team. Maybe uh, in a different position to an extent from Ange Postacoglu at Celtic and the number of changes he's able to make. We'll get to that later, but he's also been uh, talking today, the Celtic manager, about some of the stick that's been uh, flying the way of his star striker, uh, Kyogo. Lots of talk uh, about Kyogo diving. We had uh, we had a caller on Monday night, Mark, uh, a Rangers fan. Jordan, who was uh, talking about uh, Kyogo's propensity, as he saw it, to to hit the deck uh, all too easily. Uh, and his manager, we'll hear from him shortly, his manager's been hitting back. Yeah, I think the manager's quite right to to defend his, his player. You know, first and foremost, Kyogo has been a wonderful talent. He's certainly lit up the Celtic team. He's lit up Scottish football. If one or two people have got problems um, in terms of simulation, then... I can understand that why they would have, but over the piece, Ange Postecoglou was right to defend the player. I think it's I think it's gone too far in terms of you know that there's a, a narrative now built about solely around um, the negative stuff with um, or the perceived negative stuff with uh, Kyogo, which I, I think's been a bit over the top. I don't think it's uh, fully merited. So yeah, I think the manager was absolutely right to come out and defend his player. And sometimes that happens, doesn't it, to players who are doing really well uh, and troubling the opposition. Uh, they become unpopular and the opposition fans have a go and, and try and pick holes. Yeah, but that happens quite often, Rob, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I, I totally get Postacoglu. You, you've got to stick up for your players, no doubt about it. Look, there is a number of people have got gripes the way he goes down too easily at times. Um, but overall, what he's brought to the Scottish game, um, he's brought real quality and goals. Um, so I, I totally understand where the Celtic manager's coming from um, back his player. This was Ange Postacoglu talking today uh, about the keyboard warriors as he described them. Who are these brave people, these warriors who, you know, accusing people who are out there. Kyogo's the size of a jockey. He's playing against guys so almost uh, foot taller than him and uh, all these brave warriors on the outside are casting aspersions, are they? I haven't read it. I, I, I won't read it. 
you end up in arguments with ignorant people, you eventually become one of them. So I kind of ignore those kind of narrative as you as you painted it. Um, I think Kyogre has been great for our football club. I think he's been great for Scottish football. I'd be surprised if anyone wouldn't want somebody of his character and his playing ability in their club or in their league. Is he just playing the game, Mark? Uh, and he's, he, you know, he's not a youngster, Kyogre. He's 26, 27. He's been around a bit and he is coming up against big defenders. Um, and, and he's got that streetwise quality about him, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if there's anything untoward going on, then it's up to the referees. It'll be solely down to the referees how they want to deal with it. If it's yellow cards, if it's not, if the if a defender or, or somebody ha- is, is following through, um, if he's going down easy, I don't like that. Um, you know, we spoke about it on, on Monday night, you know, I don't like to see players going down easily. Blatant diving, I don't like it. Um and it's something that we need to stamp out of the game uh, in general. And I made my feelings clear on that on, on Monday. But I think the the stuff in terms of, of Kyogo, uh, I don't think it's made, what's been going on with Kyogo uh, in terms of once or twice, it, it's looked a bit soft the way he's reacted to things. Uh, I don't think it's merited the attention that it's been getting over the past, whatever it is, five, six, seven days, ten days. I don't know. I don't think it merits that. I think it's gone over the top. And I think that's why the manager today has probably wanted to go out and try and uh, nip it in the bud because if you want to assess Kyogo's overall contribution as a footballer uh, in the past five months since he's been at Celtic it's been outstanding and uh, I'd I much prefer to talk about his, his talent as a footballer because he's lit up the Scottish game And it's what uh, social media does Barry isn't it? It sometimes magnifies things like this uh, out of all proportion really it's probably a very small minority who are talking about this mm. um, but it gets quite a lot of reaction it does but listen it's part of modern day society social media um, listen it's got it's good points it's got it's bad points um, I'll be honest with you I'm, I'm not on social media for a reason <laughs> um, but listen I tend to look at the same as Mark um, when good players come to this country you tend to look at what they do in terms of what they bring to the game here and certainly what Kyogo's brought us a lot of quality and goals and you've got to admire um, the guy as a player um, yep does he go on people's nerves when he, he dives at times yeah he does but that's part and parcel of the game at times a couple of things we spoke about the three of us were together Monday uh, a couple of things have changed uh, from <laughs> they changed from Monday to Tuesday to be perfectly honest with you one was the Callum Butcher situation which we'll talk about in a second uh, because at the time it was a yellow card uh, that's going to become a whole lot more serious for him than it did the other thing we spoke about Monday was um, the Rangers fans uh, heading to Lyon who were suddenly told that that wasn't going to happen there was effectively a, a travel ban uh, because of uh, policing being stretched in, in France, in that area of France uh, tomorrow night. And then the big turnaround yesterday and suddenly, oh, by the way, you're OK to come now, despite the fact loads of fans had scrapped their, their travel and all the rest of it. And Giovanni van Bronckhorst uh, was sympathising with them today. It's very important for us that we have our uh, fans behind us every game. I can imagine it's not easy for the fans to... Uh, to be left in the dark the, the last couple of days because you want to know what's happening. So one day they can travel, one day they have to stay, and the, the same day later on the day they can travel. So it's not easy, but uh, I usually respect um, their, uh, their presence in the stadium. 
So uh, hopefully um, the fans who are who wanted to go to to Leon still can go to Leon and uh, give us the support we uh, we need and also appreciate. We had a Rangers fan, Scott, uh, on the show last night, Barry, um, and he was he was caught in the middle of it all. He was saying that. Uh, his plans, uh, his travel plans had been scrapped and but he was so keen to go that when it was back on again, uh, he was rearranging and, and not having not got all his money back for the initial travel plan, um, he was setting up another way of getting to Leon. Yeah, it's been a joke, Rob. One minute they're not allowed to go, next minute they can go. People are cancelling, losing money. Um, and I feel for the fans because um, it's hard earn cash these these people have, have worked hard for to go and support their team and I think what's happened um, for the Leon side has, has been a disgrace no doubt about it um, as Gio just mentioned there one day they're allowed to go next day not people as I said cancelling flights cancelling buses um, but hopefully they can get the vast majority I think it was 2,200 mm. fans I very much doubt it if they will, all will get there but I'm sure the people who can afford it will try and get there and support their team but I feel for the fans no doubt about it Claiming compensation, Mark, is one thing. Getting it is something completely different. And of course, for that, somebody has to accept responsibility. Yeah, that's um, it's a tough one on the Rangers supporters. Um, pretty much just echo what what Barry said. You know, there's got to be a clear and concise uh, message, um, particularly in the times that we live in just now, uh, Rob. With all the uncertainty, there was a clear and concise message up until was it Sunday night, Monday morning? Then it changed, and it changed back again. Uh, yesterday and the Rangers fans that are out of pocket I, I can't see them getting their, their, their compensation without putting pressure on Rangers as a football club it'd need to be at, at, at kind of senior level the football club to go and get involved with their counterparts at Lane to see if they can work um, something because you're talking about maybe a few hundred people a thousand people that might uh, be out of pocket that are looking for compensation um, so hopefully something can be worked out but as Giovanni um, said there if the Rangers fans who can get back over, who have stuck to their plan, are making new plans, getting into the stadium tomorrow night, then their presence will be welcome to to support the team. What kind of starting a living that they're going to end up watching, we don't know, but I agree with Barry as well. I think there'll be a number of changes and I'd imagine if possible too, Giovanni would probably like to leave three or four behind. I don't know if, if I've got a confirmation of the travelling party, but maybe just leave three or four behind as well so they're not getting involved in the journey. I think when he gave his media conference today, um, there was still training to come uh, and he still had to make that evaluation. Balogun is certainly not travelling. He's still injured. Um, but as for the rest of the travelling party, uh, I guess we will uh, see that and hear that in time. Um, if you've got thoughts about uh, how Rangers are going to line up uh, tomorrow or Celtic uh, against Betis, 0808 17 17 700 if you've been caught up at all in that uh, pantomime uh, involving uh, the French authorities and the where they won't they um, oh yes they will oh no they don't it became a bit like that didn't it over the last couple of days um, and Rangers fans are back on now to travel but um, they're out of pocket lots of them as Barry says 2200 the initial uh, number of fans travelling uh, for that game. Also, uh, Andrew Postacoglu, we've heard him already in the show talking about Kyogo defending his striker against accusations of diving. Uh, what do you reckon to that story? 0808 17 17 700. Mark was mentioning the, the starting lineup for Rangers tomorrow, Barry. The, the sort of players you would expect to be coming into the team, the likes of Patterson, Lundstrom, Wright, Bakuna. What have you got? What do you yep, reckon? Bakuna, Ryan Jack. 
back. Hopefully, we'll get his first start. We will know that he's um, he's just made his comeback the last couple of weeks. Um, so it'd be nice to see Ryan start the game because I do still believe he's such an important player for Rangers so I do expect a number of changes a lot of these players that I've mentioned need minutes Rob there's a lot of games coming up over the December period um, and you never know with suspensions and, and injuries so it's important that uh, these players get minutes under their belt and then they're, they're game ready um, as all footballers know you can train every day you can train as hard as possible but there's nothing like playing a game of football so that's why I expect a number of changes tomorrow and Leon are going to be making changes by the sounds of it as well because they've topped the group yep. um, and they will do what Rangers are doing tomorrow yep, which, which maybe watched. evens things up a bit. Yep. Um, I actually watched them on Sunday against Bordeaux. It was it was two each. Um, it was a, a good game. They were pretty open. Um, Leon, they looked if they, they, you could get at them. Um, but it looks that they're going to do similar to Rangers and make a number of changes and, and utilise their squad. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens, but definitely in Rangers' case, there will be a number of changes because these players need minutes. Would you worry at all um, about getting a, a beating in France tomorrow night? Or are you, would no, you be pretty confident that, that the changes wouldn't weaken Rangers that much? No, the players that I've mentioned, I think, are, are real quality players. Nathan Patterson, everybody knows what I think of him. Ryan Jack, I mean, for me, um, the last two or three years, he, he's been one of Rangers best players, most important players. Bakuna, he's new in. Lundstrom, he was starting to find his feet. So you're talking about good quality players. Kemar Roof might get 90 minutes mm. under his belt. He's been injured, obviously, come back off international duty. So the players that I mentioned are, are quality mm. players. So um, I don't think it'll affect Rangers as a, a, a team. And we'll hear from uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst on that subject in the course of the next couple of hours as well. And I think he very much goes along your line as well. Um, the important thing at the moment is, is getting minutes into players who, who badly need it. What about Celtic, Mark, uh, tomorrow? Um, how many changes do you think Celtic can make? As many as the manager wants to. Um, Rob, if he wants to go with a completely different starting 11 as to the weekend, um, you know, keeping. Uh, Celtic's game um, in mind on on Sunday because the, the league now becomes a, a a priority over the course of the next six seven games. There's also a League Cup final in there, and what Celtic you know aim to do, I would imagine between now and uh, you know half past two on January the second is close the gap in Rangers, but certainly not be any any worse off than the four point um, gap uh, just now. So I think um, tomorrow night at home to Betis had Celtic not lost that last minute goal in Germany a couple of weeks ago different story it would have been all to play for but there's virtually nothing to play for uh, tomorrow night apart from pride that said you're going to be in front of probably 50 or 60,000 Celtic supporters whatever it is so you don't want to go to the other and be, and be too weak but like Barry says about Rangers I think the same goes for, for Celtic you know even if they from Joe Hart right out you know I think they could make 9-10 changes and uh, still put out a more than a more than decent side and I'd imagine as well same as we're talking about with Leon Real Betis will make changes mm, yeah. um, as well Rob so these things kind of even themselves out but regardless of the team that Celtic put out tomorrow night being at home I'd fancy Celtic to get a victory Mikey Johnson you would imagine will get another uh, start having uh, opened up the game at Tannadice on, on Sunday because the news on uh, Jota confirmed by Ange Postacoglu today is that he will not play in the League Cup final I'm very confident he won't be mate no, he won't be right for the cup final. A few weeks means a few weeks. So how long that stretches out for, we'll, we'll wait and see, but he definitely won't be right for the cup final. 
obviously we're waiting for the final diagnosis, but when it came in, as I said, it was going to be a few weeks. So it was going to be three to four weeks uh, recovery, depending on how he's going. Only happened a week ago. So if you look at timelines, um, it gets pretty tight for between now and the break. Uh, so we'll just have to see how he recovers from it. It's probably not a surprise, but it is a big blow because he's been so good for Celtic recently, Barry. Misses the League Cup final and it sounds like there would be a big question mark about him playing against Rangers as well. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's been a standout since he's been signed from Benfica. The problem is with hamstrings, Rob, you can't take any chances. Um, it's one of the injuries and he's a dynamic player. He's very quick over, over the ground. So with the pace that he's got, they need to be 100% sure that he's he's okay to go now it sounds to me with Postacoglu in there they're not going to take any chances and why risk it um, I know it's important there's a lot of important games I've got the cup final you want your best players available but you've got to think longer term you need them for the rest of the season so I can see why um, they're reluctant to, to bring them back quickly you do think about what Celtic did against Dundee United on Sunday without him. Uh, it could have been seven or eight, to be honest, rather than three uh, as it was. Uh, but Jota's been outstanding and yeah. they would want him on that big occasion, the chance to win silverware. I think first and foremost, I feel for the player if he doesn't make it um, because he's played a big part in, in Celtic season so far. He's been a pleasure to watch. He's a winger who, A, uh, creates chances for his teammates and B, scores important goals and for me and I said it a couple of weeks ago Rob I think he's been every bit as influential every bit as important as Kyogo um, to the Celtic team the past uh, number of weeks he's really caught my eye um, I think Callum McGregor's been Celtic's number one player possibly the number one player in the country this season but Diogo Diogo that's a mix of a, a Jota and Diogo yeah. uh, Jota for me yeah I'd say Jota edges, Kyo, edges Kyogo uh, for me in terms of contribution uh, over the course of the season so first and foremost I feel for the player and then for Celtic it's obviously a blow to lose a talent like that for a cup final against a Hibs team that have not been in great form in the league you know they're playing tonight at Livingston but maybe something about them in the cup they managed to beat Rangers at Hamden a few weeks ago in the semi-final so they'll certainly be a be tough opposition for Ange Postecoglou's team Jack Ross his team will go to Hamden Park on the 19th of December and they will absolutely fancy their chances and, and rightly so Mark Guidi, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean, the Go Radio Football Show, talking football till seven. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. It is the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. On a Wednesday night uh, with Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Rob McLean and we are 24 hours away from Celtic against Betis. That's part two of the doubleheader uh, tomorrow evening. Earlier on, 5.45 for Rangers in France against Lyon. There's Premiership football, of course, uh, tonight. We'll talk about that sooner or later as well. Livingston against Hibs. Uh, the home team could do with getting something out of that, but you could certainly say that for the, the League Cup finalists as well, whose Premiership form is pretty dire, uh, to be honest, having got off to such a great start to the season. And we're already starting to look ahead as well towards the, the weekend with uh, Celtic and Rangers both making a lot of changes, you would imagine, for their teams uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, a lot of that, of course, is about being strong for Sunday. Rangers with a big game at Tynecastle against Hearts. And Celtic are at home to Motherwell. They just keep winning at the moment, the top two. And there are signs they're beginning to pull away from 
the rest. Let's talk to Regan. Hi, Regan. Hello, Rob. How are you? Yeah, very well. Yourself? I'm doing well. Good man. I just wanted to make two points about uh, Kyogo. Mm. And it's that I don't like this narrative going around that Kyogo's a, a, a driver because I think he's a great talent in Scottish football. I think it could, it could take someone away from Scottish football if they see this narrative going about all the time. And I also want to say it's not good for Kyogo that um, there's this narrative going about because it can be good for him as a person to see all this media attention because obviously he's enjoying being in front of the Celtic supporters but this yeah. is not good for him yeah I mean I guess what, what what he will be smart enough to appreciate Mark probably is that this is a tiny minority that, that is under the magnifying glass at the moment those who are accusing him of, of, of being a diver I, I have to be honest um, Rob I, I don't think Kyogo will be, will be bothering his shirt um, I, mean, <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I really don't think he'll be bothering yeah. I know what keep um Regan's trying to say but I don't think he'll be bothering Regan will be focusing on his football I don't think he'll pay much attention to the media eh, to be perfectly honest yeah. on he'll be focused day to day on doing his job and if, if there's anything that he needs to know then the manager or, or you know somebody in the, 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 the Celtic media department whatever it's going to be um, will make him aware of anything but in, in terms of bits and bobs that's going about about he goes down too easily or simulation or this or that I don't think that kind of uh, chat will be on his radar. I'm able to ask bit. you. I'm able to ask you another question, Mark. Yes, Stegan, I. Do you think it'll play on the referee's mind that this is um, the narrative that's going around, and maybe if if Kyogo goes through and goal, do you think he'll maybe take the benefit from the the opposing player because of this narrative going around? Or well, you, well, you know, you'd like to think that every referee and official Regan goes into a game. Um, without any preemptive thoughts um, or, or, or you know anything like that so uh, listen if there's something that needs to be punished whether it's Kyogo or any other player then you hope that the referee deals with it fairly and deals with it as he sees it but get in there with um, preconceived agendas about certain players well you'd like to think that wouldn't be the case you've got to treat every incident um, as you see it in the moment there and then and he's a player, Barry, who's handled the, the physical side of Scottish football really well. I mean, he, you know, as his manager pointed out that right towards the top of the show, uh, he's not the tallest. He's coming up against defenders who are much bigger than him, uh, but he can handle it. It strikes me if he enjoys it. Mm -hmm. uh, he enjoys the physical side there. In terms of the, the, the diving, I don't, think, I don't think he'll bother one single bit, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so I, I think he enjoys the, the physical side of the game over here. It looks to me if he's really happy, he's enjoying yeah. the, the, the football. And in terms of referees, I don't think it, it shouldn't matter to a referee. No. You shouldn't go into a game thinking, oh, am I going to watch for Jota? Um, sorry, Jota. I'm as bad as Mark here, man. <laughs> Kyogo, <laughs> uh, Kyogo diving. They, they shouldn't be going into a game thinking like that. Um, so in terms of Kyogo, you've got to embrace how well he's done. Yeah. He has. He's, he's been a he's been a shining light for the game here. Yeah, he's been great. Um, I always say, uh, even our strikers at, at my club, Alaba, watch him, watch his movement. Um, and the thing I like about him is, when he loses that ball, chases back 30, 40 yards to help his team out. Um, um, so, look, he's been fantastic for the game over here. And I think Mark, what's much more significant is the fact he's got fourteen goals uh, to his name already. He might have had two or three more at Tanadice on on Sunday. And if he stays fit, um, he's a 25 to 30 goals a season man, isn't he? Yeah, um, you know, he, he's, he's been brilliant. He's been a, a real pleasure to watch. You know, I think if you look back to 
where Celtic were when Ange Postecoglou took over the makeup of the team the disappointment of, of last season for them um, he pretty much had to um, build a new team you know seven or eight key positions um, had to be filled and Kyogo's filled um, one of them very very well I don't think any of us had, let's be honest I think any of us had ever heard of him no. um, there's probably one or two um, remarks from somebody from Japanese football really how's yeah. he going to do how's he going to handle it and you know any questions that have been put in front of Kyogo uh, and the manager Postecoglou they've been answered in a, in a positive manner so yeah he's been yeah, he's been yeah. great and I would imagine you would think because he maybe takes a bit of time to get up to speed and get into his surroundings and his teammates the 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 qualities of the players that he's up against and maybe the weaknesses that he's now identified in players that he's up against that you can actually only see him getting better um, Rob and I'm sure he'll benefit as well from the two or three week um, winter breaks I think he's been on a, a full schedule hasn't he mm. um, for, a, for a number of months um, so yeah that would benefit him too His movement Barry is lightning isn't it and and right at this moment he's got three fantastic midfielders who are able to supply him Turnbull McGregor and, and Tom Rogic yeah, that that's one thing that that jumps out at me with with Kyogo when I when I watch uh, Celtic, um, even even on Sunday against Dundee United when he didn't score, mm-hmm. he still get into the positions. He, his movement, if you watch it, it's it's excellent. The centre backs, I'm not sure where he's going to be at, at times. Um, so he, he's been a real find. There's no doubt about it. It's always a risk bringing somebody for that distance. Japanese football, it's probably played at a different pace over there, but he certainly let the game up here and it's good to see good players come into our game and there's no doubt uh, Regan that the, the success of uh, of Celtic's venture here into the Japanese market is going to mean they're going back in there are three players uh, quoted at the moment yeah. that, that Celtic are uh, potentially going to get hold of during the January transfer window let's have a quick listen to Ange Postacoglu today talking about these impending transfers we're working hard on it um, there's always you know, things that you need to sort of um, overcome on a daily basis, particularly at the moment with the way the world is in terms of, you know, the way we have discussions and, and um, you know, how we follow up on things. But we're, we're still, you know, I'm still really happy with the way things are tracking and I still expect us to be well organised and and have the people we want in place hopefully early in in, in the transfer window. Um, that's been the plan all along. So I've been working with uh, Michael and, and the other key people of the club with uh, around that. And, and there's nothing that's happened that's you know, made me think that we won't be um, on schedule with that. So he's talking about the likes of uh, Hatate uh, and Maeda, yeah. uh, the Gucci, the, the, the players, the players who've, who've been mentioned. And it's 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 also it's quite optimistic, Regan. There, doesn't it? Because he's not just talking about getting them in in the window. He's talking about getting them in early in the window so he can spend maximum time and getting them ready. I mean, Rob, I think it's a great thing. Um, it's just good to see Ange tapping into his contacts. See, one thing that I've thought over the past couple of days, and I don't know what Malak and Barry think, right? I think Ange Postecoglou is the perfect fit for Celtic in terms of, see when Ed Howe was coming in, Rob? They were talking about a, a director of football. Mm. But I think Ange Postecoglou, he likes to go and identify his own players. Yeah. And it, oh, he also knows who he wants to bring in. So I don't know if Ange Postecoglou would... He would have suited a director of football, Mark and Mary. I think he can still have a director of football, um, Regan. What what there needs to be um, between a head coach and a director of football is clear lines and clear communication um, about what your roles are. And a head coach yeah. can still be very, very influential on signings made. But what a director of football does is 
he takes a lot of the pressure away. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll organise the scouting. He'll, he'll help try and pull deals together. He'll help try and move players on if the manager does. They want them, but a director, a director of football's role is not just about you know getting players in and the manager doesn't have any say. So I'm sure even if there was a director of football there, if Ange Postecoglou has identified two or three players from Japan and says look they are a priority, if they're within the budget within the structure, please go and try and get them. Then yeah. then that would uh, that would happen. But um, certainly. Uh, there's no head or a proper official head of recruitment, somebody that's been made officially in a permanent role. I know there's an acting one um, there just now who's been with the club for a while. But when you think about the recruitment uh, this summer compared to last season, the recruitment's been really, really good. Um, and whoever's in the role just now, I, I can't remember his name. His name escapes me. But I'm wondering why he's not been made permanent because you know if he's been involved along with the manager, then the recruitment, when you look at Jota um, and Kyogo... Um, Juranovic Joe Hart listen a lot of them are no-brainers don't get me wrong but there's two or three yeah, in there that, that we wouldn't have uh, that we wouldn't have heard of probably See, yeah, I mean, same terms of a manager he's got to have the final say I don't care what anybody says um, he's got to live or die with his signings he, um, wield, he wields a lot of power in there and rightly yeah, so Barry. Listen, in terms say he's looking for a central midfielder he'll give him five and that's my number one number two number three go and deliver me number one if you can't get me number one I'll go for number two but the final say has got to be with the manager uh, yeah. any club for me because um, as I said you'll ever die with your signings it's all left in yeah, your you shoulders do. if a player does really well the manager gets praise for signing him and if he doesn't do so well mm. then the manager will get a bit of stick for it did you mention Abada yeah. there Mark because he, he's another one who no. you know who's yeah. shaded yeah. off a bit not surprisingly because he was signed, he was 19 when he signed he's, yeah. 20, he's 20 now but I mean he's already got I think 7 goals yeah. to, to, to his name and, and he he's he looks as if he's going to be a real talent well I think if you look at Abada um, Rob what's happened in the past few weeks as you say he's kind of slipped away a little bit that's to be expected because he's a young lad coming in but what Abada did do again at the start of the season was when Celtic were frail um he gave the team a bit of confidence. He scored goals. He had assists. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it gave them, it gave everybody kind of hope that you know something positive uh, was on the horizon. I think he was a player looking at the background of it that was probably on Celtic's radar pre-Ange. Because if you look at the agent involved uh, and the deal, the agents had a number of dealings with Celtic over a number of years. So he's probably one that on the list that Ange has inherited mm. that that's been um, that's been pushed through um, anyway. And Atlas. Um, at three million quid or whatever he is, 19, mm. 20 years old, then he is a good signing. He'll go on to be a better signing, and he's a kind of signing that will turn Celtic a profit two or three years down the line if they want to move him on. You've got to remember he is only nineteen. Yeah. His his form's going to be up and down. Um, that that always that's always the case with younger players, and that's that's what's happened. He had a real good start to the season. His form dipped, and sometimes what you've got to do with younger players is just take them out, let them sit on the bench, and then ease them back in again. And he'll probably come in. Um, he'll probably come in tomorrow, uh, Regan. I wouldn't be surprised in the starting lineup, maybe uh, for the next uh, couple of games, potentially because James Forrest went off uh, at Tannadice, and and I certainly think he's not going to feature. He might. He may be okay for the weekend, but he won't feature tomorrow. Jackie Mack is available. Uh, no, no, no. I think he's no, still out for a bit longer. Is he right? Yeah, a couple of weeks, maybe longer. Um, but I mean, Regan, you're, are you excited about what this transfer window can bring in terms of having Celtic with a much deeper squad going into the second half of the season? I know, but I know, but I don't know what you're this. But I think if Celtic get a good transfer window, then I think they could definitely push on and win this league. I really do because I think as much as Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is is uh, is done really well so far, I think Postecoglou 
has really shown me that he can be, he can be a Celtic t- a title winning manager. Yep, you're right, Regan. That's not what I want to hear. You got anything to say, no? <laughs> no, I, I've got to disagree with you. You've got No, I knew it was going to come. Yeah. Listen, I, I've all said that. January's going to be important, but it's also got to remember it's a difficult window. Mm. A difficult window, but the Japanese market's a bit different. Mm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what, what both uh, teams do. Posta has made it clear he wants players in the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. Then on a hand with Rangers, is Rangers going to keep players because players are sniffing about their, their better ones? Um, and is Gio going to add to the squad? So it's going to be an interesting January for me. What about tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow's game, Regan? How much does it matter? Um, I think it matters in terms of the French players getting up to speed um, and maybe players like Scales and Greg Taylor because I'm really impressed with Scales on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, Rob. Yep. But something I just want to ask Barry just before I... Yeah, uh, just before I leave, mm-hmm. uh, Barry. See, in terms of these um, dead rubber type games, they the, the difficult to really get up for, or is it a different mentality? I, I wouldn't say they're dead rubber games. I, I don't like that. Listen, it's still a game that you want to go in. You're still playing in, in a competition. You still, as a professional, you want to go out and and win the game. Um, and listen, it's a it's. It's good for the fact both Celtic and Rangers are going to use players who ain't had a lot of minutes over the last three or four weeks. So it's an opportunity for their players to go and show the manager that they should be in the starting eleven. He's yeah. still he's still struggling, Regan, because you told himself that we're going to win the league. We're going to have to get him sedated during the next commercial break. Listen, th- thanks for calling. Good to have you on the show as ever. Thanks, Regan. Cheers, Rob. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, home of the breaking news, of course. And uh, we can tell you at this point on the show uh, that Callum Butcher will be banned uh, for another another three games because he was coming off a a two-game suspension at Tannadice on Sunday when he launched into... David Turnbull. That was due, uh, as you probably know, to come up before a, a judicial panel uh, tomorrow. But that would only have been if he'd contested it. And if you've uh, seen the video evidence, you can probably understand why he didn't contest it. Uh, so he settled for the punishment. Um, well, does the punishment uh, fit the crime, Barry Ferguson? Three games for that challenge on David Turnbull? Well, first and foremost, I'm not surprised that he's not contested it. Um as I said on Monday, it was a horrible, horrible challenge, Rob. Um, and he's took his punishment. Three games, is it enough? Listen, that's that's up for debate. Um, but I think he, he's done the right thing and he, he's um, he shouldered his responsibility um, saying it was a bad tackle. So he needs to suffer when not playing. As you said, he's just come off a two-game suspension. So he's going to be missing another three games for Dundee United. And there's an important player for Dundee United, no doubt about it. But... I go back to the challenge. I, wa- I was watching the game live, and it was a, it was a horrible challenge. So to get the three games, he, he has to take it on the chin. Uh, are those the sort of punishments, Mark, that are going to stamp out that sort of crime? Uh, well, you'd like to think so, and, and you know, just for you know, Callum but- Butcher will be reflecting on the challenge, and you know, it'll make him think twice uh, in future. And uh, it's a sore one for the United, uh, Rob. You know, they're, they're doing well some good results so they're, they're up and comfortable in the top half 
uh, of the table but they can't afford to lose players particularly at this time of the season when the games are coming thick and fast between now and January the 2nd so you know Callum Butcher is going to be sitting idle in the stands for the next three games or so the last two game ban didn't seem to stop him <laughs> getting know, straight right, back he's into got, it he's again. got to learn you know yeah. yes be competitive yes be aggressive but you've got to do it in the right way and like we say we, we all watch the the replays and the, you know the thing that I'm pleased about for Callum Butcher and for David Tumble is it wasn't a serious one because for Tumble could have been out bearing in mind the injury that he had um, before with Motherwell and then Callum Butcher you know being suspended and I'm sure he would have been upset had he really caused a serious injury yeah. uh, to David Tumble so yeah be aggressive I like aggression in the game it's part and parcel of it um, but you've got to channel it in the right way and this is a a, a a real lesson for Callum Butcher just to be very careful yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll not be the same listen if he took aggression out of the game that's a big part of Callum Butcher's yeah, game but controlled yeah. aggression yeah he, he needs to control it and I think obviously being suspended day two games building up with, with bookings and obviously when it happened in, in Sunday it's a bit of reflection for him now Um as I said, look, I, I'm all for meaty challenges, but that was, um, it wasn't well, nice liked, to watch. Uh, you liked a meaty challenge in your time, <laughs> I seem to remember. Yeah, listen, we all do it. We, we all make mistakes at times. And look, I'm sure Callum Butcher will be will be sorry for that that tackle, no doubt about it. If he watches it back himself, um, now he's going to have to sit out three games. As I said, Rob, he is an important player for Dundee mm. United. Callum Butcher is a good player. So hopefully when he comes back off this suspension, we don't see anything like that again. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Rob McLean, and we've got John with us on the football show, Celtic fan. Hi, John. Hi, hi, Pano. How are we? We're well, hi, thanks. Uh, what would you like to talk about, John? I'd just like to. Uh, I was speaking to the producer, and I was I was talking about um, you know this week and the, the game against Betis uh, for Celtic. Um, you know, is it a new? I mean, is it a dead rubber? Is it a game where? We'll expect to see a few Celtic fringe players uh, starting. Um, who do you think will come into the squad? Mention, mention the words dead rubber to Barry Ferguson at your peril, I would say, because uh, he doesn't think such a thing exists. I think uh, if you ask your Celtic players as well, they, yeah. they'll give you the same answer. I, I, I don't like that. Um, I, I know. I suppose listen, it sends out the wrong signals. It, that, it that's phrase, still, it? Look, you can't do anything with a game. I know it's Celtic are. are went through into the conference they, they can't progress any further but you still want to go in the last game against Betts who let's don't forget the brilliant result yeah. at the weekend you want to go in and you want to pick your wits against good teams um, so look there, there is going to be changes but I don't think the managers look at it in that way no. this is just a good opportunity for guys to get minutes and that's the important thing there's also as well if you're a player let's say you're selected to James McCarthy instead of um, Callum McGregor whatever it is tomorrow night Adam Montgomery in, um, or whatever it may be you know scales coming in you want to go and show that you're capable mm. you're not thinking yep. oh, I'm just going there to make up the numbers oh, we lose doesn't matter there's, there's pride um, in your own personal performance you're playing in front of probably at least 50,000 fans tomorrow night there might be a win bonus at stake the coefficient results never do any harm that's probably the furthest thing for the players' minds but in the grand scheme of things it, it, it ticks a box um, as well so regardless of the team he picks tomorrow night and bear in mind it's got to come from the, the, the original squad of 25 was it uh, Rob mm. that you, that you yep. announced at the start of the season um, so it will be within uh, those lines but whoever picks and it's the same with Rangers as well you want to go out there and do, do well you want to show the supporters uh, that you're a proper player that you, that you deserve to be at the club and you want to show the manager right you might think I'm a fringe player but you know what I'm going to give you something to think about ahead of the game on Sunday yeah.
John, here's Ange Postacoglu speaking today about the very subject of fringe players. Think about Liam Scales on the weekend. You know, he comes on and he hasn't played featured a lot, but he works hard at training every day, plays for 15 minutes and makes an impact. Well, I wouldn't have judged him harshly if he didn't, but he hasn't done his cause any harm by coming on and, and making an impact. And that's the opportunity that exists for all the players, whether um, you know, they've, they've played a lot recently or they haven't. I know they've been training hard because that's how we train and we wouldn't let them not uh, train hard, but... The second part of that is for them to take that opportunity, as you said, and then you know, make a case for themselves moving forward. You can either think, John, about the players uh, he's leaving out tomorrow, or you can think, as I think you do, about the positive angle of players coming in um, who need minutes. I mean, the, you know, the two who immediately spring to mind are the likes of Greg Taylor, who came back after three months out on Sunday, uh, and Mikey Johnston, who you just think is going to benefit from from getting a few starts. You know, two of the players uh, I thought against Dundee United that you mentioned there, Craig Taylor and Mikey Johnson, done very well against Dundee United. Um, better than what I think Celtic fans were expecting in some regard. Uh, you know, and that's that's where obviously opportunity comes in uh, in these games. But my my question for the, the kind of panel is, um, I was thinking about where where does a Yeti lie in all of this? Is his future going to be at Celtic? Um, is there going to be maybe a rise from a Yeti that we'll, we'll, we'll never have seen before. Um, is he going to play tomorrow? Because I, I personally think he does deserve um, minutes under his belt. And I think I'm hoping he can get um, you know a good game tomorrow or can have a good game tomorrow. Mark? I think a Yeti must have a real chance of, of starting the game. Uh, I, I don't think Kyogo um, will start. Um, a Yeti might do well tomorrow night. Uh, I hear what you're saying, John. I suppose you know, you're wanting every player to do well that plays for your team. Um, but do I think that Ajeti has a long-term future? Do I think he can make an impact in terms of helping Celtic win the league or, or, or win a cup or whatever it may be? No, I don't. I just don't think he's shown enough. Um, I just don't think it's there for whatever reason. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but for whatever reason, I just don't think his transfer to Celtic has, has fitted and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's one of the, the, the players that moves on next month. Yeah, I mean, Barry, would there be a shop window aspect to playing a Yeti tomorrow to get him out there, show what he does, uh, hope that he does well, uh, with, a, with a view to maybe offloading him in January? Yeah, but exactly. If he, he's not going to be in the manager's plans long term, he's going to make changes tomorrow, obviously. He's mentioned that, and that's an opportunity for these guys to come in and show that they've still got something. They've struggled beforehand, but it's a big game. You're you're at home against Betis, as I mentioned there, who beat Barcelona at the weekend. Opportunity to go and show that you can still play at the highest level. And then it's an opportunity for Celtic if they want to offload these guys. Then they've got the opportunity for people to come and watch them tomorrow. And presumably, John, with uh, Forrest ruled out as he is for, for tomorrow at least, um, Abada back into the starting eleven. Abada, yeah, I think I think he deserves deserves to play, uh, and I think he, um, I think I think I think you know with, with Abada, I think he's a player that um, maybe uh, he's not got the same the exact same caliber as Jota. I think Jota is a kind of style stylist player, uh, whereas Abada's more um, takes one touch, makes a bit of space, gets in a good cross. Uh, just a different kind of player, but you know I think he'll cause um, cause problems for the Betis defence if he comes on, or if he is on, I should say. Um, and you know, I, you know, it's, it's good for Abada. But my my, my thinking behind this game was, um, you know, with bringing these guys in, do you think there'll be a change of system for Ange Postecoglou? 
I just think it will remain the same. Mark? I, I don't imagine they would change the system because the, the, even if it's changed in, in personnel, individual mm. players, as he says, they train together, they, they, they operate that way. There might, there might be one or two tweaks, but you know, in the main, no, I, I don't see him doing, like for example, going to a back three and playing a 3-5-2 or playing like that. I don't see that um, happening, John. So it'll be um, different players. As I say, it wouldn't surprise me if there's seven or eight changes from Sunday at Tannadice with uh, Sunday's home game against Motherwell in mind. Um, but I don't think there'll be a change in formation. John, thanks a lot for your call. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers, John. Cheers. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. It's a big week of European football. Um, There are some, I hesitate to say it, dead rubbers uh, going on in some of these games. Uh, Some games, uh, some groups, of course, are already decided and... uh, Some of the games don't matter as much as they would have done under other circumstances. Anyway, we're into uh, the final group games in four of the Champions League groups. Tonight, a couple of games underway already. Zenit St. Petersburg nil, Chelsea won. And that's Timo Werner scoring inside a couple of minutes for Thomas Tuchel's team. Uh, Juventus nil, Malmo nil. Malmo, of course, who ended Rangers' hopes of uh, being involved in the Champions League. Uh, those are a couple of early kickoffs to come later. Benfica against Dinamo Kiev, Bayern Munich against Barcelona. Oh, that could be the one, Barry. That yeah, could be the one. That's the one I'll be watching tonight. Yeah. I love watching Bayern Munich. I think they're a fantastic team yeah. to watch. Atalanta against Villarreal in Group F. Manchester United against Young Boys. And in Group G, uh, Salzburg against Sevilla and Wolfsburg against Lille. And I think at this stage, uh, we should probably, having mentioned that Man United game, uh, wish happy birthday to Scott McTominay. I know he's a regular listener, and I know he's with us most nights uh, listening on the show. Uh, 25 today, Mark, and uh, a big player for Scotland. And at the moment, continuing to be a big player for Man United. Yeah, he's also got a new manager, Ralph Ranić, um, is in. So it's somebody else now to go uh, and impress. But uh, you know, I think he cemented himself as a, an important player for Man United, for Scotland um, equally. So I prefer him at the back mm-hmm. uh, for Scotland. Uh, I, I just like him in uh, in there because I think that that we're, that we're well off in the middle of the park. But uh, I think he just brings an extra confidence um, to the backbone of the the Scotland national team, and just hope that he's one of the guys who's. Fit and ready, missed the last double header, missed the game against Denmark. Um, but I hope that he's fit and ready for the game against Ukraine because we will need him. We'll need all our big players, but we will need uh, McTominay. I mentioned that uh, Juventus Malmo game. Uh, Moise Keane has scored, and uh, Juventus are ahead in that one. So Chelsea won up in uh, against Zenit, and uh, Juventus at home to Malmo one nil up as well. What about the birthday boy Scott McTominay? Um, if you were playing another Scotland game right now. He'd be struggling to get back in, Barry, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would um, going on the last double header. Um, but for me, I, I really like Scott McTominay. I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, when I watch Man United, you see the pundits sometimes saying that, oh, I don't know if he's good enough. He, he's good enough for Manchester United. Um, I, I think he's got everything. I agree with, with Martin in terms of Scotland. I like him playing in the back three on the right-hand side where he can come out with the ball and and use his, his mm. passing ability but also equally I really like him in the central midfield um, but in terms of Scotland the central midfield with Callum McGregor Charlie Gilmer and, and John McGinn I also like the three yeah, yeah. so it's 
it's a real strong area of the pitch for us. But Scott McTominay, I think he's a real high quality player. Um, I've I've always thought that I think as the years have been on, he's got better and better. And you don't play week in, week out with Man United if you're not a top player. And he's always in the team, even all the big games. Similar to Dan Fletcher, I don't That's think. Right. If you yeah. remember back in Dan mm-hmm. Fletcher mm-hmm. when it was big uh, Champions League games, or if you were playing against Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Dan Fletcher was always in the starting 11, and that's similar to Scott McTominay. I just think the learning curve for Scott McTominay must be incredible. I mean, he was in the Man United team at a young age. He's come through various managers. He's gone on that roller coaster with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer where we yeah. didn't really know from one week to the other when he, whether he was going to get sacked or get a contract extension. Uh, he must have learned an awful lot and toughened up, you would imagine, uh, an awful lot, Mark, as well. Yeah, when you look at those kind of players that Man United have got, you know, Fred, Matic, uh, who's in there, um, you know, Pogba, I think Pogba plays kind of more... Um, uh, advance but I, I think McTominay's the first pick if you're talking about that holding midfielder in front of your two centre halves or your back three that Man United are playing I think McTominay's first pick at the moment and the challenge for him now is to remain first pick under Ralph Ranick and, and whoever else comes in after Ralph Ranick off the gym and um, stays on but no he's been good and, and McTominay you're telling me there Rob he's 25 um, today McTominay McTominay could go on and get 100 caps mm-hmm for Scotland though he's got that now in his locker to go and do uh, 100 caps and, and and why not first things first let's into the team and beat Ukraine and set up a game mm. against Wales or Austria It's a big plus at the moment isn't it to have so many players Scotland players um, and we do have a while to wait here but but we want the, the McTominays of this world um, and Andy Robertson and John McGinn um, and Billy Gilmore we just want them to to continue to flourish Barry don't we over the next few months so that they're ready to rock come March yeah March is massive no doubt about it Ukraine Um, but there's a lot to get excited about this Scotland squad Mm. Um, I I just look at the squad I look at the calibre player I look where they're playing I look at the league they're playing in we've got a right good squad Um, and this the the great thing about this Scotland squad is it can go on now for the next 46 years it can build and get better and better and that's the way I see it, Rob. And the players that you've just mentioned there, they're high-quality players playing at the highest level in football. Um, so let's enjoy it. Let's get behind them. Because um, I think we've got a brilliant opportunity. Ukraine at home in March. I wish it was this month, if I'm being honest with you. I think yeah. if you ask the players, because obviously in the high with the last double header. But listen, we've got to wait to March, but you just hope all these players come March are available. Because there's injuries... Um, you know the speed of the game just now so you're hoping that none of the players that were mentioned are the squad that Steve Clark picks is injury free and if that's the case you've got every chance of beating Ukraine You could sense after the euphoria of beating Denmark had died down how much Stevie Clark was suffering to have to say right see you in four months <laughs> Yeah you feel for him uh, and for all the players and for the fans but everybody will be champing at the bit for it, Rob, Robin, the exciting thing I think about the, the Denmark game it was a wonderful atmosphere as with the Israel one in the previous um, round of fixtures but there's a real connect now with the Scotland supporters and the Scotland team and I think a part of that is because yes because the Scotland team's winning yes because they play good football they found a manager that, that really fits what they want to try and do but I think as well all those players that we mentioned if we want to call them our Scottish superstars, you know, from McTominay's and, and Robertson's and McGinn's and Gilmore's and McGregor's 
and Adams and Craig. You know, I think we've got some real Tierneys. Tierneys, aye, God, I forgot about Craig Kieran, Gordon. Kieran aye, so, but do you know what I think? The thing for me is they're all down to earth boys. Mm. You can see that they just they like playing for their country. They enjoy each other's company. They enjoy trying to put on a performance for the for the Scotland fans. They're not um, up themselves in any shape or form. They're a real down to earth group. That's a reflection on the manager, reflection on his backroom staff, and that's why we've got to connect. And I think genuinely, I know it's trotted out, and sometimes I don't really believe it. But in this instance, um, on March was it twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Uh, whenever the game is at home to Ukraine, I genuinely believe that the the, the Tartan Army can be a 12th man, Rob. If Scotland mm. score first, Scotland will go through. I firmly believe that. Yeah. And I know that's a, like an obvious thing to say, but I do. If Scotland can get that first goal, mm. Scotland won't lose the game and the Tartan Army will have a massive role uh, to play in that in the opening sort of 15 minutes of the game. We all go on about the, the atmosphere at Hamden and we all agreed sometimes it's no great, um, but that atmosphere, albeit I wasn't there, but... I know quite you were there, weren't uh, you? Yeah. A number of people it was there. I was there as well, yeah. It was fun. Ah, it was, it's amazing. People and, and says it, it was electric, yeah. but watching it on the TV sometimes you think, ah, the crowd are all right, but you could actually feel it watching it on the TV. Mm-hmm. It was electric. It was coming through. Yeah, but yeah. that that was the start. That that was the down to the players for me. Mm. The way they started the game. And if you start the game in that sort of manner, the crowd get right behind you. And when the crowd get behind you at Hamden, as you know, and they can create an atmosphere in a difficult stadium at times to create a good atmosphere. As a 12th man, there's no doubt about it. I've been lucky enough to play a few times. I go back to the Italy game um, when we played Italy. Mm-hmm. It was, un- I-, I could not believe the atmosphere that day, and it was similar, if not better, against Denmark. So that's what we need to create in March against Ukraine. If we create that and we start the same way, we beat them. And how much does that add to your performance, Barry? Yeah, listen, as a professional, Rob, that's the atmospheres you want to play in. When you run out for that warm-up 40 minutes before, 20,000 are in the stadium, the atmosphere's starting to build. You get that energy off them. And that's brilliant for a footballer. If you run over to the side when you're doing your warm-up, they're all cheering you and roaring you on. Get that energy off them. And that transmits into your your performance. And that's what the guy's done against Denmark. There's a great connection, isn't there, between off the pitch and on it at the moment. And, the, and that is a big factor in this... Scotland success story the other name that's come into my mind at the moment as you were rhyming off those names of Scots succeeding in England at the moment and being in a lot of cases top players at their club Liam Cooper I'm I'm certainly yeah. warming to Liam Cooper over the last over the last couple of games he's been a peripheral figure in the squad but he played in the absence of, of Hanley uh, to the extent that Grant Hanley who was outstanding for Scotland might struggle right now if there was a game to get back in yeah I mean that's the thing there's there's terrific options for Steve Clark at the moment and we hope that remains the case um, come the end of March but yeah Liam Cooper's a captain of Leeds United you've seen the, the, the reaction when he went off injured there uh, the weekend mm. of the game before I hope he's not out long term because he's so highly rated you're not getting a game in that Leeds team unless you've got something to offer and you think of the calibre of striker that he's facing week in week out he doesn't get embarrassed mm. You know, he doesn't get shown up in any shape or form I think it took him a while to come in and get settled it's probably taken him a wee while to win over Steve Clark because of his other good options but I think the manager now believes in him 100% and certainly in, in recent times Grant Hanley, Scott McTominay's, John Souter, Liam Cooper, Kieran Tierney's, not one of them have ever let Scotland down um, this calendar year, probably. You know, they've been absolutely. I've got a question superb. for the two of you. Go on. I, I, I think, apart from the back three, the team picks itself. Who's your back three? Rob. McTominay, 
Hanley Tierney. Mark? Mc, McTominay, Cooper and Tierney. And by was, it's a going, tough one. Are you going two up top? Are you going yeah. Adams and Dykes together? Yeah, Adams and Dykes, yeah. mid, midfield three. And the, wing, um, and the wing backs pick themselves. Patterson, think, Robertson. Well. Midfield three, what Charlie Gilmer, Callum McGregor, no, no. John McGinn, and I'll go <laughs> McTominay. I've got to go with Grant Halney. I think mm. he's been phenomenal mm. the last 18 months. And obviously, Tierney. you've got to play Kieran Tierney, no doubt about it. What Here's about, your team. What, what about goalkeeper? I mean, there's a big Take question it. mark hanging over a goalkeeper, uh, isn't there? There's only one. <laughs> Not. Now. That's yeah. my team. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Right. Wonder well, it's funny if that we've all got the same team. And that might be the case. So there's just maybe one. I think that'll be Steve Clark's problem. Position up for grabs. I, yep, I think that'll be his, his problem. Mm. A lot of people say about midfield, and, and really, so there's a lot of quality in that midfield. There's quality mm. all over the pitch, but I think that's mm-hmm. the the centre back, yeah. the, the centre three at the back, will be one that Steve Clark will be having sleepless nights about. It's amazing, isn't it? And you, you think, we all think Scott McTominay for right of the back three, and yet he's got uh, Jack Henry and John Souter now yeah. breathing oh. down his neck for that position. Jack Henry playing Champions League football yeah. with Bruges, mm-hmm. John Souter. I thought he was immense against Denmark. Mm. Um, as you says, about Cooper, I mean, he plays Premier League week in, week out, he's captain. Um, you can go on and on. There's, there's, there's real competition for places, but that's that's the the area of the pitch where I think Steve Clark will have a few sleepless nights. Kieran Tierney, the other two centre from the right side, that's the ones you'll be um, thinking about. Right, we're going to have to calm you down because I can feel your excitement levels yeah, rising well, because why, why and, and we've, we should and all we've be. got till March. Yeah, but we, we should all be excited because um, this group of players gets me excited I think it gets the nation excited sure does because um, there's a lot of quality in there and the way they're playing look, I don't care what MD says we come up against the Danes I know they were missing four or five starters but they still had real quality so were we yep uh-huh. exactly so Grant we. Hanley yeah. Lyndon Dykes Dice, Scott yeah. McTominay yeah. there's three players for me are could be certain starters so forget all that nonsense about Denmark they're missing four or five yeah. we absolutely battered them can I mention another Scotland striker who's in action tonight? Kevin Nisbet of Hibs. Uh, there's a, a rearranged Premiership game, of course, tonight. It's a big one for both teams at Amonvale or the Tony Macaroni, if you prefer uh, Livingston against Hibs. And, and Mark, I was just looking at, at Hibs. We, we know Hibs' recent record. I mean, they've lost six of their last eight in the league. They've taken four points out of 24. And before that, four wins and three draws from their first seven. They were unbeaten at that stage. I mean, they've just gone gone off a cliff, haven't they? I, I've been really surprised. I didn't expect that from from Hibs. You know, they run the results uh, in, in in the league, and uh, obviously um, winning the league cup semi finals um, helped them. They've got into a national final, the first one available. But yeah, they need to start winning games. Jack Ross um, knows that because they still have some very good players. Jack Ross is a very good manager, good staff around them as well. So I really have been um, surprised. I've just got into a rut, and I've just not been been able to. To shake it off, their chance to build was when after they beat Rangers in the semi-final. Then they went up to Dingwall three days later and lost to Ross County. Um, they beat 10-man St Johnston, a couple of late goals, but they showed resilience and patience just to to hang in there. But yeah, when you look at the calibre of playing in the squad, um, then it, it, it's hard to, to imagine that they've been on such a run. But tonight's a chance to go and kickstart it, particularly, as we've said, for every team. Um, such a busy, busy uh, schedule of fixtures and, and Hibs have got a cup final on there um, a fortnight on Sunday. That, that surprises me. 
four points mm. out of, of 24. How do you explain that, Barry? I, I mean, I, again, I look at I look at the Hibs squad. I'm going to mention names, Boyle, Nisbet, new in the middle of the pitch. I, I think he's a fantastic football player. Um, and I can go on and on. There's real good quality. Doi, Doi just back Doi's, in the team yeah. these days. Doi got left back. Yeah, I can go on and on. There's there's real good quality. I don't know. I'm just when you mentioned that there, I was taking a bag. I think for me, Scott but, Scott Allen, Jamie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, and three Scotland internationals at the back: McGinn, Porteous, and Hanlon. Yeah, yep. yeah, they, they, they should be doing better. There's no we're going about Aberdeen. We've been speaking mm. about Aberdeen. Um, no doing as well as they should be. You look at the Hib squad, they, they, they should be up there around about that, that third um, position with Hearts for some odd reason. I mean, I, I go back to the semi-final against Rangers, I thought they were outstanding. Mm-hmm. They were. They, were they, they deserved it. They were a better team on the day. But their league form must be a worry for, for Jack Ross, certainly with the, the quality he's got. And in terms of Kevin Nisbet, I think over the last couple of weeks since that semi-final, the young man's starting to get a bit of form back. Um, which is good to see because people tend to forget this is only his second year in Premier League football with a fantastic season last year mm. look previous he, he, he was championship at Dunfermline previous to that he was um, League One with Wraith Rovers um, so you've got to buy them a bit of time got to buy him a bit of time he's been through a difficult period as well a few personal problems so it's good to see him getting back to some sort of form because I do think there's a lot of quality in Kevin Nisbet Livingston second bottom but uh, sometimes that's the last place you want to go if you want to try and turn a bad run around uh, it could be could be tough for Hibs tonight because because Livingston have their own reasons Mark haven't they for, for wanting points out of this well it will be tough for Hibs tonight it will be you know a cold December night um, on that uh, surface it's not the worst surface but certainly not the best um, surface uh, David Martindale and his players I think feeling a bit agreed about one or two decisions on Sunday against Hearts they also came up against a goalkeeper that I've mentioned many many times and that's Sean Craig Gordon who once again uh, was outstanding and um, you know Liam Boy showing his, his, his quality um, too so yeah I think Livingston will, will make a game of it they've got some good players but you'd imagine that Hibs would win the game but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a score draw tonight Rob 1-1 I, mm. I think it might be we, that sounds like a wee wager to me there, to be honest. No, not tonight, no. Not no, tonight. no, not tonight. <laughs> Only one game in the Premiership rearranged Livingston against Hibs. It's a 7.45 kickoff, And of course, uh, tomorrow night, and we'll be turning our, our attention to these games again after the break. It's uh, Leon against Rangers, 5.45. Celtic against Real Betis at 8. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! We were just doing our own wee analysis of uh, the Champions League groups there. Um, Didn't get very far. (laughs) No, we didn't actually. Um, But... um, I think well, Barry and I are both going to be watching um, Bayern against Barcelona. Are you going to make a hat trick, Mark? Are you going to be going home and watching a bit if, of that? If, if you want to subscribe for BT for me, yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> do we that. Not, we're not just all head round to Barry's place. That sounds like a. No, we weren't so, about today anyway, weren't we? So well, I, exactly. Don't, yeah, don't go, go there. <laughs> don't, don't depress him. Um, and Barcelona need something out of it. We just have a look, we look at the group table there. Benfica could overtake. Uh, Barcelona tonight. Yeah, well, Benfica are at home, so it's looking at Benfica will, will get the three points. So Barcelona need to go to Munich and get something, um, Rob. So I think that will make um, for a tasty game tonight. So that's the game that I'll be tuning in. As I said, I think 
I think Bayern Munich are a, a brilliant team to watch. I, I watch the Bundesliga quite a lot, and when they're on, they're um, just some of the football they play, uh, the tactics. Are they? Do you think they've improved under Nagelsmann? Oh, hundred percent. Aye, hundred percent. Yep. Favourites to win the championship. You know, I didn't even realise he's only thirty-two. Aye, that's right. Thirty-two. Um, but they're just they're a brilliant watch. Any like any football fan, tune in and watch Bayern Munich. And maybe a wee Bavarian beer. To, yep. have, to have yeah. with it possibly yeah two or three <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good idea I'm, I'm coming round uh, Zenit have equalised um, that's in group H They've against Chelsea up, oh yeah good news just in well done Vaz um, they had just equalised they've now gone 2-1 uh, ahead so it was um, Claudinho who equalised and uh, Sardar as as Moline Asmoon even has uh, turned that game around so Zenit 2 Chelsea 1 and in the, the other game in that group it is Juventus uh, one up against Malmo Moyes Keane has that goal just hearing some uh, rumour machine Mark today uh, about the possibilities of Neil Lennon getting back into management being linked with Ipswich Town at the moment yeah they're certainly looking um, for a manager uh, Rob um, Paul uh, Lambert parted company with him a bit seven, eight months ago Paul Cook came in who had a good CV good record at Wigan but it's just not worked out from we, we know people from our era massive football club at Switch Town a sleeping giant there's been a change of ownership there so they'll, they'll, they'll be looking to kick on and uh, yeah it'd be nice to see Neil Lennon in the in the frame um, for that job I'm sure that'd be something that would uh, would appeal to him He'll be champing at the bit Barry you'd imagine to get back in Yeah I've seen an interview he'd done um, a few weeks back and um, he got asked that question um, was he wanting to get back into management and he was cleared yep um, he was desperate so I've seen it today obviously um, Ipswich parted company with the manager done a day Ipswich just echo what, what Mark said uh, they are a sleeping giant um, for me they, they should be trying to at least get into the Premier League they're down in League 1 um, just now so um, it'll be good to see him back in the game if he, he gets the, the job Games tomorrow night in Europe. Celtic uh, against Real Betis, 8 o'clock. Uh, Rangers in France to play Lyon, 5.45. News today that uh, Jota is out of the League Cup final for Celtic and there must be uh, real doubts as well about whether he'll be able to play against Rangers in the New Year game uh, as well. So he's a significant absence, although, as I was saying earlier, if you saw them at Tannadice on Sunday, uh, scoring goals for fun against Dundee United, uh, then maybe they will be able to manage his absence successfully. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy, Rob McLean in the studio. We've got Liam on the line now, Celtic fan. Hi, Liam. Hi, uh, how are we? Very well, how's you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. What would you like to say? I think one of the biggest uh, conversations at the moment now is uh, due to Yota. And, and how we're going to go forward in the cup final and the old firm uh, I think a lot of people see that's where the depth is needed uh, for this upcoming transfer window um, we've seen the likes of Mikey Johnson come on uh, since he came back from injury and it's just no it's no quite cutting it for a lot of fans but hopefully we'll see something different from, from Ange and what he's got coming for this cup final He needs games though doesn't he Mark? Uh, Mikey Johnson you would imagine he's going to get better and better the more game time he gets Oh, you, you would like to think so. Um, you know, his, his career at Celtic's been been stop start uh, through injuries. Never really managed to get into um, a rhythm. I remember he played against Rangers in the the League Cup final a couple of years ago when Fraser Foster had an outstanding game. Celtic won it. Um, I think he had a great chance. I think he was through one on one, and 
uh, was a bit hesitant but he did play well on Sunday against Dundee United but uh, I, I would imagine that uh, that Celtic would be looking in that area um, of the pitch for, for, for reinforcements um, um, you know moving forward mm. but meantime it's a big chance isn't it for him um, to, to make the most of this opportunity Barry yeah massive chance he's a lot of injury um, problems I, I thought actually he looked really good in the first half he tired a bit in mm-hmm. the second half which is natural because you've not had a lot of game time um, but I thought he looked sharp mm-hmm. he did uh, really sharp in the, the first half um, faded out the game in the second but listen as I said it's no nice for the Celtic fans they're going to be missing a massive player in Jota but listen it opens the door for a player like Mikey Johnson to come in and say to the manager look I can play here so it's an opportunity in the next two or three weeks for Mikey Johnson to go and try and cement that, that um, position and he was an incredible talent Liam wasn't he when he as Mark was saying when he first came into the team yeah definitely I mean I've always, I always have been a fan of Mikey Johnson uh, when he first started um, he's, he's definitely got that potential uh, I think one of the only bonuses of him coming into the squad and getting that chance is he's got that same chance Anthony Ralston had he's kind of came into the squad and dropped out and now Ange opened that door for him and he's been an absolute star this season so here's hoping Mikey Johnson gets a game time and he's able to do the same What would you like to see happening Liam in the in the transfer window for Celtic? Where, what uh, positions do you want to see strengthened? I, th- I think there's a quite, a, quite a few positions I mean I, th- I still think we need to bring in a, a centre-half due, due to the delay of Julian um, definitely a centre-mid uh, to partner alongside McGregor uh, and a striker definitely and do you think there'll be outgoings as well? Oh, of course I think you've, you've got to look at like Zabarkas Agueti I've seen that a name pop up even Soro uh, he's not. he's been quite quiet uh, I can see him maybe going uh, so definitely a few outgoings yeah where's Soro been? has he been injured? or just so out, the, just out the 18? Involved, yeah I think McCarthy's now got the nod over him in terms of the, the uh-huh. deputy central midfielder uh, along with Beaton as well. The only problem Celtic have got between Barkas and Ayeti, that's £10 million they spent in transfer fees. They're not going to get that back. No. They're not going to get that back. But what they're going to get back is that they'll be on hefty wages. Um, so the wages will free up. Mm. Um, but that's... Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what value that they are, Barkas and Ayeti. But in terms of sorrow... Sort of broke in last year and everybody was um, saying how good a player he was. He did look the part at times, mm. um, but that's one player that I've, I've forgotten, forgotten about. about yeah, just yep. until uh, you me mentioned it. I know, yeah. I know it's um, incredible. Let, let, let's hear Ange, uh, Liam talking today about outgoing players. Those discussions will happen between now and, and then, and if players feel like their futures are better served away from here, then um, we'll sit down with them and, and find a solution. Uh, but my focus right now is what's in front of us we've got some big games coming up in the background we're working on the players we want to bring in working on uh, you know if players want to go um we're working on that as well but in terms of having individual discussions or trying to pursue that avenue um it's not it's not a priority for me right now yeah he wants to talk doesn't he about about the players who are actually doing the business for him at the moment but behind the scenes Liam they're, they're going to be looking at these guys that we've spoken about there um, who are not doing doing anything? They're not contributing at the moment. But but what where they are contributing, of course, is on the wage bill, and and they'll be pretty keen to get them off it. The likes of Ayeti, maybe it's just time to say enough's enough. It hasn't happened. Move on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ayeti came into the squad at the start. He scored a few goals. Looked 
looked promising. Um, we all kind of, I think a few Surrey fans knew about Barkash when he was playing for Athens, and these are players that have came in to be start modern players, you know. So they are going to be on hefty wages and to maybe get rid of that. And yeah, it's unfortunate it hasn't worked out for them, but uh, it's a it's a new era for Celtic, and I think under Ange, he's uh, he knows what he's wanting and he'll go for that. And yeah, we'll see what happens. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, obviously, Jota. It's been non-stop, hasn't it, for the last few weeks about whether Celtic can turn this loan into a, into a permanent. There's a, there's also talk on that subject surrounding Cameron Carter-Vickers, isn't there, Mark? And the figure we've heard uh, when that's been brought up recently is £10 million, that, that Tottenham might be looking for £10 million for him. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's a player Celtic would want to keep, I think, yeah. but there's presumably a price beyond which they won't go. Yeah, I mean, I think under exceptional circumstances, Celtic would, would, would look at maybe going to that figure. When you look at uh, Edward, £9 million. Pounds, um, or so. so there's been once or twice I've got close to that. Um, for me, is Carter Vickers a 10 million? I'm not saying he's not a £10 million pounds player, but is he a £10 million pound player for Celtic, which is really, really going above and beyond? No, I don't think he is. I can't see Celtic now, unless there's a deal to be struck uh, with, with Spurs um, that can allow... Um, a kind of Edward type deal where there's a you know a big sell on if they can go and get him, but uh, I'd be very very surprised if Celtic pay ten million pounds for him. He's good, but but I don't think I don't think Celtic would see that as being um, like proper value for, for for money. Not not at this moment in time. Not for a not for a centre half. No. What do you think of Celtic defensively at the moment, Barry? Do you see improvement? Yeah, yeah, there was improvement on Sunday. I thought both Vickers and Starfelt strolled the game, if I'm being honest with you. They weren't put under a lot of pressure. Um, now they're starting to get games and, and getting an understanding, which is important. Listen, when you, you, you build a new centre-back pair, they've never played with each other, so it's just going to take games to get used to it. And you can see, slowly but surely, they are starting to get a, a good understanding. Um, but in terms of Vickers, £10 million, I, I don't think Celtic would go to that for a a centre-back no, no. but I, maybe there's room I, for negotiation of course but if Tottenham don't want him depending on the length of his contract yeah. I, I'm not yeah. too sure what he's got left at, at Tottenham um, I know he was out on loan last year at Bournemouth he might get into the final year or two years so there will be negotiation it's clear that Postacoglu likes him mm. there's no doubt he's played when he's been available he's played every single game and I think that's his his pairing his preferred pairing Starfield. both him and Starfelt yep. yeah. I think well, you know he, he, you can understand why, if, if that valuation is accurate, Rob, why Spurs would have that on him because ten million quid down the road, mm. the gates of space, pity, pity money. It's proper squad money. You know, yeah. it's it's you know, it's like fifth, sixth, seventh choice centre mm. half, mm -hmm. that kind of money. So you can understand why that valuation's on him, but it's a different story up here. You know, if we're talking Celtic paying eight, nine, ten million pounds on the you're, you're expecting like absolutely top draw for Scottish football at that money, and I'm not quite well, sure. A match winner. Aye, yep. aye. Mm -hmm. Put it this way: if your budget says we can go seven million for Jota or seven million plus add-ons for Catalan Vickers, what are you going to do? Yeah, Ain't I don't think there's room for two. No. So no. if you've got the choice, mm -hmm. yeah. I think you, you make sure that Jota's your your priority, and then you go hardball, and that's where Michael Nicholson. You earn your stripes as a chief executive and things like that. If the manager really wants him, you go and try and be creative, be inventive with, with Spurs and try and strike some kind of deal. But I can't see a deal being done at £10 million. You'd be optimistic, Liam, wouldn't you, about this upcoming transfer window based on what happened in the last one? Um, with, you would imagine, Ange Postacoglu very much driving the transfer business. When you, when you look at uh, Abada and Kyogo and Jota and Juranovic 
and the goalkeeper Joe Hart I mean that's that's half the team isn't it um, you know if, if he can have anything like that success in this transfer window then you're going to have some squad yeah definitely I think he's done very well in, that, in this, the first transfer window I mean you look at like a Kyogo Jota Joe Hart they've been a breath of fresh air for us um, I know there's been a couple of names already out there for Celtic I mean you've got young Rio Hotate uh, you get Maeda and you get the, the, the central midfield as well from front tail. But um, I, I, I believe in and I believe in what the process is that he's doing. Uh, I think he'll do what's right for the club. And uh, he, I, I think he's a very honest manager. If any questions he's been asked, he's been up front. I, I mean, if you look at the two Sheffield Wednesday boys, he's not front of that. He said they're not ready for the first team football, uh, but we will get them ready. And I think in this next couple of months, I think we'll see a, a real change in... Um, an improvement in the squad that already has been next month's going to be really interesting isn't it transfer window wise um, what they do uh, what they don't do um, who they buy who they who they don't sell um, potentially and when you look at the recent records Barry um, identical at the moment the, in their last 16 games uh, both Rangers and Celtic have lost two that's that's top form isn't it yep and I think a lot of people are thinking it's going to come down to this January transfer window, um, who they can strengthen, can they go and sit, will Celtic let the, the players that we mentioned go uh, for lower money, bring a uh, free sorry wages up and go and make a three or four signings? What's going to happen at Rangers? Is Rangers going to let one of their big players go to free up some money for Gio or is the board just going to go for it and, and let Gio bring one or two players in? So I think a lot will hinge on January. Um, who they're going to keep who they're going to lose who they're going to bring in so it's exciting for both fans it's, it's, it's got the makings of the most exciting transfer window 100% um, because there's, there's, there's so much unknown about it uh, as well Rob you know, what Rangers are, are able to do what Celtic are going to do because bearing in mind this transfer window has got 35 million quid right now the club that gets it right next month we're getting the keys to the 35 million quid, so it's not to be messed about. You sparked a good chat there. Uh, Liam, thanks for your call. No problem. Thanks very much. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, 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 go. News just in. Teams just in for Livingston against Hibs. That's tonight's rearranged game in the Premiership. Second bottom, Livingston uh, wanting to get something out of this one. And you can say that about Hibs as well, who, as we've been saying, are on this dire run in terms of league results at the moment. And uh, maybe that League Cup final has been a factor in terms of them taking their eye off the ball. Uh, this is how Hibs, first they're going to line up uh, tonight. Macy and goals, McGinn, Porteous, Hanlon and Doig across the back. And this underlines, I guess, what Barry, what you were talking about earlier on. You run through the team and you think, how can that be a team that's got four points out of the last 24? Uh, Doyle Hayes and Newell in the midfield. Boyle, Josh Campbell, Jamie Murphy and Kevin Nisbet. <laughs> that's not a bad starting eleven, is it? Yeah, and you, you look at the, the bench, you've got Scott Allen who... Has got fantastic ability. You've got Doige, uh, you've got Gogic. Yeah. Who yeah. I like Gogic. Yep. He's been a great signing. James uh, Scott. James Scott, I, I, yeah. again, um, as I said, strong starting 11. Mm. But you look at the bench, and the bench is strong as well. So when you come up with that start, Rob, uh, four points out of the last 24, I was, I was taking aback a bit. But 
Jack Ross will not be happy because, as I said, when you when you look at the team he's got, you look at the players he's got, and you look at the the ability. Um, some of these players, and I'm I'm talking about da real dangerous mm. players and, and good footballers. Some of them, um, they've got to be disappointed with their under on. And you just think four out of twenty four, even if it had been something average, mm -hmm. like twelve out of twenty four, how many positions would they be higher? If I looked at it, I'd probably be able to tell you the answer to yeah. that. But there'd be a few notches up yeah, the league you, table. You know, that five or six points of right, Rob, would make a lot of difference. But I think the the positive for Hibs is they're in a cup final. That's keeping them going. That'll be keeping a bit, a bit of faith there. But you know. If, if you don't win that or you don't pick up after the winter break then obviously see these questions will, will be asked but I think Hibs will get out of it they're too good and I think Jack Ross is too good um, to, to, to to let this go and let it go on any longer but I, I'm delighted that, that Jamie Murphy I think when you watch Jamie Murphy you can see why he's had the career that he's had I think mm -hmm. he was very unlucky it just didn't it happen for him at Rangers I really thought it would um, but he's a quality player such a clever footballer and um, again he's another one who's maybe just no found a rhythm for, for you know for he's had injury during his career but I think he's a highly talented footballer here's the Livingston team uh, tonight Stryak and goals Devlin Fitzwater Parks and Penrith Holt and Omionga McMillan Sibold Forrest and Shinny Barry your thoughts on Livingston in mm. terms of I, I think David Martindale will be quietly a bit worried the position they're in um, they had a poor start to the season they picked up no long ago Rob there um, they would be disappointed at the weekend against Hearts because I think and by all accounts watching only the highlights it was Craig Gordon obviously that, that was their problem yeah, they came up, came up against came up him against yeah. a top class goalkeeper but again I mean, you look at you look at Livingston they have got good players mm. um, they had a fantastic season obviously last year Um I just think they should be in a better position than mm. the players have got Livingston. I'm yeah. just looking at their bench as well. I mean, um, Scott, Scott Pittman's back to, back Anderson, in the squad, which I think is good. Bruce Anderson's on the bench. Yeah. Uh, Sean Kelly, I think, is a player coming back after injury as well. So these are maybe guys we haven't thought about too much. But, but I mean, Scott Pittman is kind of the beating heart of Livingston, isn't he? So so you would imagine that if he's now back on the first team scene again, he can make a difference. Well, Scott Pittman's been through... Um, all the leagues with him mm. um, and he's come into the Premier League and he, he's no looked out of place if I'm being honest with you so good to get him back obviously Bruce Anderson um, who they got for Aberdeen he went and loaned to Hamilton last year and I was really impressed with him he scored a few goals uh, so they they need to get back to winning ways it's Livy's home form I think it'll be worrying David Martindale because that's where they pick up most of their points um, so they'll be looking to get something tonight I, I mean I think this has got a draw written all over the top here you're both going for a draw, I think, uh, in yeah, that, I this, draw, this one uh, tonight. And it's uh, just underway, five minutes in at uh, at Ammonvale. And uh, Livingston nil, Hibs nil. Uh, 24 hours away from Rangers in France to play Lyon. Uh, second place assured for Rangers. Top spot for the French team. Celtic against Real Betis at 8 o'clock. And Celtic, of course, know their fate already as well. They're heading for the conference uh, knockout phase. Uh, after the turn of the year Giovanni van Bronckhorst and Ange Postacoglu have both been doing their media stuff uh, today and the Rangers manager talking about players adapting to what he's asking them to do after the departure of Steven Gerrard Well I think it's going really well I think it's um, also to do with the willingness of the players because it's not uh, easy to um, you know to come in as a coach and you have a lot of games without uh, a lot of time for uh, preparations, so uh, 
We had to do a lot uh, in our team meetings and also the sessions we had on the pitch. We were uh, really open to you know playing a, a bit different than they used to be. But uh, so far, the development has been really just keep pushing them into, you know, preparing for games, the willingness to uh, to win games no matter what. And I think that's the mentality we have to have as a, as a club. So the players are on his wavelength, four wins out of four so far, but he's going to be asking uh, a few different players who haven't really featured too much for him uh, to do that self-same thing tomorrow night because Barry there's going to be a fair few changes in that Rangers team tomorrow Yep, no doubt there's going to be changes but again I keep saying Rob um, it's a real opportunity for these players to go and show the manager listen I want to be in your thoughts I want to try and get in your starting 11 um, that's the beauty obviously qualifying where Giovanni can go and have this opportunity to see players where he's not seen as much or what he would want to see so I could see five, six, seven changes. Um, I think that they'll even change the goalkeeper. I think Big yeah. McLaughlin will come in mm -hmm. and, and take over for Alan McGregor. So it's a real opportunity for these guys to go and show the manager that they want to be part of the plans going forward. And if I'm being honest with you, Leon are going to make changes as well. Um, but I still go through the players that I've mentioned. There's still enough quality there for Rangers to go and get something out of the game. Stevie Clark won't be complaining if Nathan Patterson gets a 90 minutes uh, and Ryan Jack maybe uh, as well, Mark. Yeah, it'd be great to see Ryan Jack involved. I agree with Barry. I think Ryan Jack will, will start the game. Perfect for him to get into that environment with a real stiff test for him and I think he'll be he'll be ready for it. He'll be looking forward to that challenge um, for uh, Nathan Patterson as well. A chance to get in and go and get 90 minutes under his belt. Show the manager what he can, what he can do and, and as I've said before, it's a real challenge now for Nathan Patterson to go and um, show Giovanni Van Bronckhorst that he's worthy of being it. He couldn't convince Stephen Gerrard to leave out James Tavernier when mm. it came to the crunch. James Tavernier was the number one choice. The challenge now for, for Nathan Patterson is to prove beyond doubt to Stephen Gerrard that he is a number one uh, at, the, at the club and that's not going to be easy to dislodge um, James Tavernier. But if he can't do that, then the, the question for, for Nathan Patterson is how long do I give it? How long do I give it here? Because it's not like James Tavernier's 35 or 36. He's got another three, four years left mm -hmm. in him comfortably. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's that's going to be a real interesting one for me. Um next month maybe, but if not next month, certainly at, at the end of the season. In terms of James Tavernier, I feel for him at times. I feel he gets unfair criticism at times. Go mm -hmm. and look at his um his assists um and what he brings to the Rangers team. I think sometimes maybe it's just because he's got the armband, he's the captain, he's the one, oh, right, do you know what, things are not going great, we'll go for James Tavernier. Is it about those infamous programme notes as well, maybe? There, there could be a few things, but listen, that all players make mistakes, but one thing about James Tavernier, he never hides, and I, I like that in a player. Mm -hmm. um, he, he always stands at the front, even when Rangers were going through a shaky period um, just before Giovanni came in, he was still out there playing and giving it everything, Um and he's still assisting in goals. Um, so I, I like him, but that's the issue that becomes Nathan Patterson. Mm. Nathan Patterson's 100% ready yeah. to play. Nathan Patterson, for me, could be anything he wants to be. Um, he can go on and, and play five, 600 games for Rangers. He could go down to the Premier League in two or three years and play or do similar to what... Um, Andy Robertson and, and Kieran Tierney have done so that's the problem but now it's an opportunity for Nathan Patterson you to just go get... and try and push to get in the team but there's going to have to be a decision because you've got two real quality right backs here 
You, you just get the feeling all he needs is the opportunity. Look what happened with Scotland. The minute he got a glimmer of a place in that Scotland team, Stevie Clark can't leave him out. Yeah, he grabbed it with both hands. No, no doubt about it. Um, and all the um, all the praise he got was was bang on the button for me because I thought he was fantastic. Um, and I, st I still think Rob, there's more to come for Nathan Patterson. Um, brilliant going forward, defensively. I think he's improving every time mm. I, I see him um, and I just enjoy watching him. I re he's, he's a real good watch. He's up and down that right side. Um, brilliantly, his delivery as we all seen in the Scotland games mm. and we've seen for Rangers is is on the point most of the time. So it'll be interesting to, to see the coming month yeah. what happens between yeah, Tavernier and, and Patterson but no doubt in my mind tomorrow Nathan Parson will play and I'm sure I'm sure sorry he'll show everybody what he's all about Here's Ange Postacoglu on resting players uh, for tomorrow's game against Betis In the middle of a really busy period and, and we continue you know we've got I still think eight games between now and the break and it makes sense for us um, tomorrow night to uh, give some people a bit of a bit of rest they've been playing a fair bit of football and also to give some others some game time because you know, we're definitely going to need them. You know, we saw on the weekend we had you know, guys like, um, you know, Greg Taylor come back into the team and, and Mikey Johnson come back in. And, and it's really important that, you know, whenever we need to make changes that somehow we get players some game time. And I think tomorrow night's a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, putting the accent on the positive as you'd expect him to do. Uh, Taylor and Johnson getting more game time. Uh, I don't know whether McCarthy is available to come in. Maybe near Beaton could start in the game as well. Maybe Ayeti will start for all Ab sorts uh, of reasons, Mark. Abada, Montgomery. Yeah, there's, yeah. Pl there's plenty. There's um, there's plenty of options um, there for the for the manager. Um, and I think similarly with Ranger, you know, there could be six, seven, eight changes um, quite comfortably. Um, tomorrow night and um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case It's that balancing act though isn't it you you, you want to make the changes you want to get players who need minutes a bit more game time uh, but you also want to maintain momentum the, the runs that both teams are on at the moment Barry uh, you know you want to be turning in a performance that keeps things kicking on Yeah the, just as you mentioned there both teams have been on a fantastic run but the changes are, they're making in terms of quality, there's still real good quality. Mm. That they're, they're obviously leaving real quality out, but they're bringing in real good quality as well. The only issue you're going to have is they're going to be a wee bit rusty in terms of games. That's what it might take them 10, 15, 20 minutes to get up to speed. But I don't think it'll make a difference to both um, Rangers and Celtic to make changes. I still think both of them will get something out of the games tomorrow. Barry, thank you, Mark, as well. Thanks, uh, big games coming up, of course, tomorrow night then. Uh, we'll be building up to that tomorrow night. Rangers in France, Celtic at home to Betis. And, of course, looking further ahead to uh, Rangers at Tyne Castle on Sunday, Celtic at home to Motherwell. Uh, Paul Cooney uh, with you tomorrow night. And uh, Paul with Davey Proven and Leanne Crichton alongside him from five. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, 
They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.